This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. Okay. Um, yeah, it's a real um, honor to be in such a special place. Ramamosh, Mokum Kadisha, the great history, and, you know, all Sheikh himself. Having been here, this is, I mean, this is one of the real landmarks of Svas, and it's uh, it's it's a schist to be here. Um, and of course, you know, I uh, was giving for a while shirim in, in Kohelis in uh, Galtzi's house for a while, and I've been doing shirim for quite a while in various places in Svas, and I have a couple of my chevra here that were learning Maharal with me in um, in Kosov for years. Six years or something like that. Uh, we were learning Ber Hagoyle. I, I I go back with Maral quite a few years. I mean, I, I uh, learned through quite a few of the Sforim in uh, when I lived in Beit Shemesh. Ben she- ben and since coming here, we've been we were working on the Sefer Ber Hagoyle, which is a very sophisticated Sefer uh, dealing with some of the very difficult passages in uh, in, in uh, Agadita, this kind of thing. Very. Uh, challenging topics and he doesn't one thing about the Maharal he doesn't shy away from anything he will take the bull by the horn so to speak and really go in depth um, the Maharal is one of the most amazing figures in Jewish history in a sense uh, of course he's popularly known as being the creator of the golem um, which I'm not going to talk about the, the uh, historical uh, aspect of that but that is certainly something that's been mamish you know uh, not only by the Yidden is it a very uh, popular story, but it's, it's uh, the Goyim also in, in Prague. They, they made a statue of the Maharal. And, uh, they, they, the Goyim also, I think, and it's, it's very, um, uh, a very important. Uh, uh, there was, a, there was a, apparently a, a, a safer written by his son, I believe, about it also. So it's, you know, anyway. But that's not the major thing. Uh, but it does, it does show his uh, importance as a community leader, as, uh, you know, Defending the the community of, of Prague, there was a very very large Jewish community in Prague. I had this list to be in Prague. It was actually in the Altmoishil, which is the shul of uh, Prague. Is interesting history with the Holocaust and everything. The way the Nazis, Davka wanted to preserve Prague as a, as a museum of uh, Eastern of Eastern Jewry, and uh, they left the Altmoishil, you know, untouched, and as, as well as the Besachim in back of the Altmoishil, which is uh, which contains the the caver of the Maral. Um, but at any rate, he was a tremendous, besides being a tremendous community leader, he, he had a, a long lifetime. He lived just about, you know, he, the, the Arizal lived like in the middle of his lifetime. It was like, you know, was, uh, he, he, lived, he started before and ended afterwards. Um, but he was in a time of tremendous enlightenment, of a kind of renaissance period. Uh, there was a lot of intellectual activity going on in Prague at that time. He, he knew Tycho Brahe and people like that. I mean, very astronomers and, and the thinkers of his time. He was very, very involved in, uh, in all this stuff. And at the same time, he is very outspoken, you know, when it comes time to speak against any, any things in the secular world or in the Christian world or whatever that, uh, that contradict Yiddishkeit. He was very outspoken. And uh, again, he didn't uh, pull any punches. Um, and some of his forum are extremely uh, classics uh, that everybody learns. I mean, things like uh, Gura Arya on, on, the, on, on the page of Rashi. He has Chidush um, Agodas uh, on, on the Gadot of the Shas. He has Zbergoyle, uh, like I mentioned. He's got Tiferes Yisrael and 
גדילס ישראל, אני רוצה לספר שם על הגודל, יש עסקת, על פירם, על חנוכה, ממש ספרייה, אז יש לו איזון, פירישם על ספורים, אז יש לו איזון שם. You know, you can only like scratch the surface, but Rosh Hashanah, I've, I've I've learned through a, you know a good number of them to get a feel for his approach. Um, he's very very analytical. He he takes things apart and he has his principles and he applies them all over. And basically, he's he's a, has a tremendous obviously a tremendous uh, background in Kabbalah, but he doesn't speak about Kabbalah very openly. It's always like in the background, it's behind things, but he doesn't talk specifically, he doesn't use uh, Kabbalah terminology, he doesn't, um, uh, he doesn't you know, go in depth into those kinds of like, things you would find in the Rizal or something. He's, he's, but the, the concepts, the, the, the background is all there. And you can, the more Kabbalah you know, the more you see it in, in things that he, that he writes. Um, it, but he, 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 it, it, he is very systematic. Um, I think in, in terms of how to deal with, with Joe's particular sefer, Uh, called Nasivas Oilam, which is a good example of that, what I said about the, uh, the, the Kabbalah being in the background, that the uh, Nasivas Oilam is based on, there are 32, actually 33 Nasivas. He says, he says himself in the, the introduction I'm going to read, is that um, Nasivas, Nasivas Oilam is, is 32 Nasivas. Nasivas, each one is a, a, like a way, a derech. And, um, and there's a 33rd one. He, he adds the one for the Torah. So that's like above, above everything. But the, the Lamed base Nesivas Chokmah is mentioned in the Sefer Yitzira. That's, that's, the, that's the Makor for the idea of the Lamed base Nesivas Chokmah. So it's obvious what it's based on. But he doesn't say that. <laughs> Outwardly. He says, this is a, you know, 32 Nesivas. You know, if you know what it means, good. So if you don't, so whatever. But... Um, It's, uh, I'm going to kind of paraphrase it, I think, as opposed to reading it and translating it unless somebody specifically wants me to do it that way. Uh, but I think it's probably better to do it, uh, do it like this. So anyway, so the Nesivas Oilam is a very, very broad safer, and just he explains it himself. He's just basically taking Musar, a lot of it's taken from Pirkei Ovis and other Psukim and Mishle and various, uh, various Furim, um, to get an overview of basic topics in Yiddishkeit. It's like a, like it's, it's it's basically a list of all the major subjects that a person could imagine. You know, Torah, Voida, Tzedakah, you know, um, uh, whatever. It's, it's it's a whole list. What? The categories. The categories. I. What? No, I just I I'm just off the top of my head. I'm just mentioning a few things that he deals with, but. Uh, But the first one we'll deal with now is Torah. But he, he takes very a, a very broad subject and he goes into it and he, uh, he into you know going over the things that it's said about it. But it's not you know like there's there's say from Menoyes Amor, which uh, is a collection of agadit on various subjects. And basically he just takes the the, the he, he basically quotes the sources and he's it's very good because you get all that stuff in one in one place. But it was very popular safer. But um, we started out, we were learning that, if you remember that. But, um, but he doesn't add anything of his own, really. Whereas the Maharal is all about the way he combines it, how, how he takes out certain things, and he, he, he has his own approach to every subject. So that's really what's unique about the Maharal. He he's not just a collection of you know, quotations. He's, he's mamish, uh, uh, finding a way to deal with it and how to, uh, how to explain it. Okay, so, um, by the way, is, is there a clock here, by the way? Uh, I just want to be able to keep track of where I am here. I'm, 
take my phone on a bit. See what these are. Okay, so um, first he has an ekdama, which is good to go through um, as a uh, uh, basic orientation. Basically, what he's explaining first is the whole reason why he took this this, this concept of nesivas. A nesiva is a is a, a, a path. And the Maharals will see here, he is very involved in, he brings out many of his forum, this concept of the derech ha-yusha, that there is a path that a person is expected to take over the course of his lifetime, and he should not deviate from that path. It's, it's, he's talking about basically kind of a middle road. He's not talking, the whole idea is that he doesn't want to go to extremes. So he's always concerned that if a person deviates from the norm, you know, from the, from the, the path that the Torah shows us, not the norm of whatever he's doing, the, the, the norm in terms of what the Torah is telling us, this is the proper way to approach you know, this, this uh, uh, subject that we're dealing with. In terms of behavior and you know a, a, a path to choose how to go through life, there is a consistency to it. There's there's a seichel to it and a consistency. It's it's definable and it's something that a person should not deviate from. You know, and, and he talks about the differences between certain paths are, are narrower and certain paths are broader. So some allow a little more room for deviation, but some of them are very have to be very precise. So it, it's 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 a very systematic approach. He's not he's not talking about just you know following your whims or, you know, how you happen to feel on a particular day or something like that. He's saying in each area of life, <clears throat> which is basically what this covers, he's talking about how to approach it in a, in a, in a way that is, is going to give you a path throughout life. You know, life is a journey, and this whole, this whole muscle is a journey. It's, it's, it's a, it's, it's, you're going to go through life dealing with any given subject in a, in a multitude of, of uh, environments, a multitude of, of uh, different situations. And the challenge is to be able to navigate that, those challenges with some kind of a, a, a derech. And if a person, for example, if a, if a, if a, if a person has a, a destination that he's trying to get to, if he goes there without a map or without <clears throat> a, a driver or somebody that knows how to get there and is going to, going to get there in, in you know, the, the, the shortest possible time, the most efficient possible way, he's going to be floundering around and he's, uh, sometimes he might end up you know, taking a wrong turn, going backwards, you know, getting lost, you know, getting totally messed up. You, know, you have to deal with these things. You can't just, you know, without preparation, just you know, set out and you know, hope for the best. And, and basically, if, if a person is dealing with it life, as being a uh, something with a tachlis and something with a purpose and something with a meaning and something with a with with a um, you know a, a, an expectation of of going from point A to point B without getting too messed up and without getting to the place where he's supposed to go to. So he's talking about a very systematic and and cyclical way of doing that. The problem is today, and uh, it's when I every time I think about this, I get like. I'm kind of amazed that the world is still around because, because when we see what's happened over, certainly over the last hundred years is there has been such uh, a, a uh, dissolution of any kind of stability and any kind of, of, of you know, uh, principles and morals and, and, and definitions and assumptions and everything else over the course of, let's say, the past hundred years or so, it's been you know, breaking away and breaking away and breaking away to the point where now today we have the most basic, you know, assumptions of, of society 
are being eroded and questioned and thrown away altogether. So it's like the opposite of seichel. It is, it is, you know, and the more the universities get involved, the less seichel we have. So it's like, it's like it's the, the world is starting to go in reverse, basically. And you're going backwards. And that's why there's this polarization and there's all the, the obfuscation and all the, the false news and all everything else because people have lost the sense of what is truth. They, they've lost their moral yardstick, so to speak. There's, there, is, there are no assumptions. There are no, it used to be that if your, your parents and your grandparents and your great-grandparents, you know, your, their, your life was based on a, on a more or less consistent assumptions and, and, a, and a, some kind of a, 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 a stable... Uh, um, foundation, you know, and and when everything came into question, then all these things started getting 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 all these assumptions and all the things we take for granted about civilized living, basically are, are falling away. So that's why it's so important in our generation. I mean, we're all most most of us are from the kind of older generation here. So, but but uh, we weren't brought up in this kind of uh, hefker you know, type society. But you know, something you know, still from our parents. But but in this kind of a generation we're in now, it's, the morale is so important because this he's laying down the groundwork. He is giving us you know the basis on which to build something and base something you know with, with because. Maybe you didn't need it as badly when we had so much by osmosis and we had so much that we just kind of assumed the assumptions were there. But, but today, when everything's questioned and everything is, is you know, being thrown out, you need somebody to show you, no, this is really what you have to do. This is, this is the way you have to live if you want it to come out you know, to, be, uh, to be you know, looking something by the end of it. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so he says, he t- brings a passage from Mishle. It's, Be'oyrech tzeduk ha'chayim v'derech nesiva el mabes. Okay, so the, he uses two words here. One is oirach, and one is derech. So he says, when a person, so this, this is taking a based on the concept of tzedakah, right? So if a person is giving tzedakah, so he is, if he, he is giving tzedakah, he says he has chayim. So this is, what does it mean chayim? In a very broad sense. This is also a concept. The idea that a person has a life, that life is something. Life is something that we can aspire to. We can, we can, there is a difference between life and death in life itself. You can live without living, and you can, you can live even in a, in a state of death. Life and death is not the fact that you, your heart is beating or it's not beating. Life or death is whether you are experiencing life the way life is meant to be lived, or you're experiencing death within life. And, they, and we know this because it says that the Sadiqim are called uh, alive when they're dead, and, and, and the Rishon are called dead when they're alive. So obviously, life and death is not just talking about whether your heart is beating or not. It's talking about whether you're experiencing life or not. So, so he says that this idea of, of tzedakah, when you give tzedakah to a, to a poor person, then you are giving life to the poor person. The, life, the, the poor person's life is not a life because he doesn't, he, he doesn't, he can't sustain himself. He's worried about, you know, where his next penny is coming from. He doesn't know what to eat. You know, your mamish by giving him something, giving him. I just, I just saw, just saw an article today, something about about um, uh, a soldier. Somebody was was felt like he was dying, and somebody gave him a, a meal, and he felt like he gave him life. So he experienced life. He was he was he was enlivened by the fact that somebody gave him a meal. So that's basically what you're doing for a poor person. You're giving them a meal, and you know, I mean, I don't know the poor people today are a little different than the poor people of that time. But um, but basically, you're giving life. So that's the experience that 
the person who is what they're feeling, besides you're giving him that tzedakah, oh, you know, you gave me, you, you, you alive me, I was, I was dying, and you, you, you gave me life. You know, it could be just hope or whatever it is. Okay, so that's the idea of, of giving life to the, to, the, to the poor person. So because you were mechaya the ami, you were giving him life. So therefore, you get life back. It's, it's, it's rui, it's, it's appropriate that you should get life back for the fact that you gave life to somebody else. Because ultimately things, you know, what goes around comes around. But you, you get from, you, you, from, from giving, you get something back. That's inevitable. It's not that you're giving in order to get, but you do get because the fact that you, you know, that's the way Hashem runs it. He gives you back what you give to somebody else. Okay. So he says, he says that the derech nesiva, so what's the derech nesiva is to mothers, to death. What does that mean? So he says, the the idea is, and there, here he's talking about this, this idea of what causes death within life. If a person is on a path and he knows where he's going and he has, as we said, the tools to be able to navigate that, that, that path, that journey, then he is in a way of life. Right? We're talking about a way of life. He's, he's, he's ascribing to a set of principles, a lifestyle, a, a certain, you know, a certain derech um, in how he's living. So therefore, as long as he stays on that path, he's staying in the way of life. But if he deviates from that path, then he has, he's going off of the path. And that, it's, it's like as if there's this path of life going in the middle, and all around it is death. And he's very much... Basically, you know, he's, he's talking about this. This you know, a few times, we, we, as I remember, the, this idea about that he says that that day daytime is light, and that's life. Night is dark, and that's death. Because at the die, because when the, at least you know in his days when it was nighttime and it was dark, it was completely dark. You didn't see anything. Right, you had to you had to, to, to light a light in order to see anything, unless it was like a bright moon or something. But the Derek cloud, it was like it, the world didn't exist at night. So, so what he's saying is 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 that when you, as long as you know where you're going and you have a and you have your your, your principles and you have you know this 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 this, this road that you're you know, that you're uh, you're on the road and 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 you know where you're going, so then you can be you can assume. That you're, that you're participating in life the way it's supposed to be lived. But if you deviate from the path, you're going basically to an extreme. Rather than being in the middle road, which is the well-beaten path, the way that, you know, that humanity is supposed to be going in, you're, 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 you know where you are. Once you start to deviate from that path and go off, then that's, that's, it, it's, it's not to be taken lightly. You can't just experiment with things like that. You can get, you, you, you're, because as soon as you leave that beaten path where you know that this is the right way to do it, this is, this is the way that you've been, you know, generations and generations, the Torah itself is telling you this is the way to do it, and you just think, oh, well, maybe I'll try this or I'll try that, or maybe I don't have to know so well where I'm going or what I'm doing or why I'm doing it, right? So lost. then, what? Then you get lost. Yeah, yeah, and if you get lost, that's succumbs the fushes. You're going up, you don't know where you're going to end up. You know? and, you, and we know people, unfortunately, we have friends, we, have, we know people, that, that it didn't start, you know, with, a, with a immediately, you know, all of a sudden going completely off the derech, so to speak. We talk off the derech, what does it mean? Away from the path. So it, doesn't, it didn't, didn't happen overnight. 
It started with a little thing here and a little thing there, but one leads to, you know, Avera, Gureris, Avera, you know, things, uh, one thing follows the other. And, and, it, and that's really what it is because it's a beautiful muscle, the idea of going off a path. Because when you go off the path at the beginning, it looks like you're just going off a little bit. But, you, but if you keep going in that wrong direction, you know, unless you make a, a, a conscious effort to get back on the path, if you start going that wrong direction, little by little, you get further and further and further away, away from the regular path until you're so far away that you don't really realize how far you've gotten. And then that's, that's like, then you'd see that then, then all of a sudden, the difference between being on the path and being off the path is life and death. Because now you're in a place where you don't know where you are, you don't know what you're doing, you don't know why you're doing it, but you're, but you're so, you, you become so entrenched, you may not even know how to get back to the path that you, were, that you started from. And then, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's I don't want to say too late, but it's, it's, it's big trouble. Anyway, so he says that, this, that, that uh, the idea is not to deviate right or left from this, this path that you're on. So, okay, so, so, um, so this is the idea of the Yosha, and not to go away from the Yosha, not to be noite ela kutze, he says, not, not to go, to, to lean towards one of the extremes, one of the sides, you know, that's not on the path itself. Um, so after, so when he's talking about tzedakah, it, it uses the, this, this word oirech, as opposed to nesiva. So he says, oirech is a wide path. That means that, uh, because, because why is a wide path? Because it's not so specific. You don't have to give tzedakah all the time. You don't have to give even to everybody who asks you. So sometimes you give and sometimes you don't give. So there's a certain uh, uh, leeway. There's a certain you know, flexibility there that the Torah is not telling you you have to give uh, to everyone. So that's the difference on Piram. It says you, know, you have to give to everyone. So the rest of the time you don't have to. You, know, you, have, you make your choices. So that's, that, there you have room to work with. You can decide this time yes, this time no. Now I have money, now I don't have money. I can, you, know, you can make a budget, whatever it is. You have, your, you have what to work with. But there are other types of paths where it's a much narrower uh, type of path. And those types of paths, you're not allowed to deviate even a little bit. He says he uses an example of that, the idea of, um, of, of justice, you know, mishpat. So if a, if a person is a, is a judge mm-hmm. or, or a, you know, somebody or a person, Paskin Halacha or something like that, a Dayan, these kinds of people, they have to know exactly what the din is and they have to be very exacting to, to make sure that they're not making mistakes because if they make a mistake, that can affect other people and that they're not allowed to even, even once, you know, not be sure that what they're saying is, you know, is correct. So their path, that their leeway that they have, you know, to go with, is, is much, much narrower. So that's, that's an example of, a, of a, a narrow path as opposed to a, to a wide path. So he says then, he says that Tzedakah uh, that, that is also a, something that a lot of people do. So therefore, because it's, it's, a, it's a well-trodden path, mm-hmm. it's something that because a lot of people do it, so, you know, it's, it's, it's part of the world, it's, it's, it's something that, you know, it's not unfamiliar. It's, mm-hmm. it's, you know, everybody has their own particular ways of doing it, whatever. It's, it's, it's a well-discussed area, you know, it's a lot of talk about it, the uh, skodim and everything else. So there's a lot going on in that area, right, of tzedakah and charity, all this kind of stuff. But, but there are other things that are not maybe so, you know, well, uh, uh, well-trodden, and they're also, can, they're, it makes it narrower, it's much more difficult to, uh, to get around it. Mm-hmm. 
Um, there's a whole thing here I don't think we're going to get into about the... Um, about uh, it talks about the Isha. There's a, there's Isha's Chayil and then Isha's Zura. Um, talks about the Choimer. It's interesting that the, the biggest uh, issue we had before the war was the Indian of judges and judge justice, the justice system. Mm. Right. Um, okay, so maybe I don't have too much time left. So so uh, I'll, I'll go here to the end of it more or less. Um, so he, he talks about this idea of weighing amidst uh, of the Torah that you have to be have to you have to weigh the the decisions and and you also have to weigh the idea of scharva <clears throat> oynish. You have to weigh your decisions. You know which which things you're going to you know concentrate your efforts into. And this is also a, a, something that takes uh, a, 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 certain, a certain amount of thought and, and preparation and decision making and seichel. To, to weigh and measure your you know your options and what is because within Torah itself you have different options so you have to you have to weigh how much how much you know, uh, you're willing to invest in something how much how much time how much effort are you willing to put into something as opposed to the you know the the uh, the cost involved as opposed to the as opposed to the benefits involved this idea of um, so there's there's also areas that that force us to to evaluate what we're going to you know, get, get involved with and how we're going to, you know, stay on this particular path. Whereas uh, if a person's just a, a slave to his tithes, so that's, then he's, he is, uh, depending on more impulsive uh, decisions where, you know, he'll, he'll, his, his behavior is more run by what he happens to feel like at the moment or what happens to look good for him at the time without this idea of weighing and measuring the alternatives of what is really the, the proper thing to, uh, to do in any, any situation. So again, he's always talking about this, you know, being able to, to look at the long run, look at what's sustainable, look at what's, what, what, you know, makes sense in the context of, of, of all the alternatives available, this kind of thing. So it's not, it's not uh, something to be just rushed into, uh, into various things. So then he says basically that his um, that his approach here is to collect different things, um, a lot of you know the statements from Perkiovas particularly, uh, and to put them together on different on, on specific subjects, um, and um, and to put them all into one place so they're they're accessible. Um, and the first one, as I said, was the, the, the Islamic base Nasivis in divided into thirty-two subjects, and then he's got Echad, one particular thing to talk about, the Limit HaToyra, the, the Indian of Limit Torah, that's his first uh, subject, that's the 33rd um, path that he's going to go in, and that's, his, uh, that's what we're going to start with next week. Can you show so, a, a sneak preview of what kind of parts he's talking about? Which, yeah. which are, the, are the subjects? Yeah. I don't have the, the, the index. I, I don't. But from memory. Next, next okay, week can be a bit uh, Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Our last uh, session today is with Hanzabi. We'd like to have Hanzabi with us. Hanzabi, about 20 years ago, um, bought the 